Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you're making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Tigers win. <laughs> Tigers win. Adam B says is the curse is broken. Let's hope so. God, did it feel good for the LSU Tigers, men basketball Tigers, I should say to win a basketball game on the back of K.J. Williams going 13 of 25, 5 for 10 from the three-point line, 35 points and 10 big rebounds as the Tigers upset, can't believe I'm about to say this, the Vanderbilt Commodores. All you needed was an Ash Wednesday to wash away the sins of the previous administration. (laughs) All you needed was to clear your sins of the previous administration to win a basketball game. But LSU moves, snapping a 14-game losing streak, uh, wins their second conference game under Matt McMahon. Really good win for them. I mean, really just on the back of K.J. Williams and Adam Miller, who had 18 massive points. Only went one for four for three, but was able to drive to the bucket uh, as well. Uh, Jalen Reed having eight points off the bench was absolutely massive as well. So good for them uh, to be able to get their second win. Now, it looks as if the Dell, if this continues to go the way that it is, that they'll play Mississippi State um, in a couple of weeks. But look, Vanderbilt had come off of um, a very, inter- very interesting run, beating Tennessee by one, beating Auburn on the road. So coming off some really interesting games after getting embarrassed by Alabama 
and Brandon Miller, which we will talk about Brandon Miller here tonight, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, but coming after that embarrassment of losing 101 to 44 to the Crimson Tide, Vandy rattled off five straight in conference. And then LSU, they come into Baton Rouge and lose to Matt McMahon. Good to see uh, them there. But that's not all that we are going to talk about here tonight. Is Brian Kelly looking to add another key piece uh, to his team? In case you missed it today, uh, LSU offered Mason Lunsford a center guard combo from the University of Maryland. Uh, he has been there for the past four years uh, in Maryland. So uh, I'm going to talk on that as well. Is it's the third time that LSU has offered a center slash guard combo? What does that mean for LSU? What does that mean of what Brian Kelly and Brad Davis are trying to do at that position? Uh, we will talk on that. Talk with a source about 45 minutes ago, I guess around halftime or right at halftime, I gave him a call and we we, we chit-chatted uh, there a little bit about that piece. So I'll, I'll let you know uh, what I know here tonight on uh, Mr. Mason Lunsford from the University of Maryland. Uh, we'll look a little bit ahead to LSU baseball uh, as well as they are on their way to Texas. Uh, look, Iowa's got a key, some key pieces. They're not an easy team. Kansas State has done some good things at the plate uh, of late. But look, if you look around college football, college football, college baseball, uh, last night Mississippi State loses to ULM in a midweek game and then turns right around and absolutely bludgeons them. Uh, Florida lost to USF and they're back-to-back uh, midweek games. They won last night, and then they lost here today uh, in the ninth inning, giving up four runs. So can LSU go on the road and do something that not a lot of people are able to do and possibly sweep this weekend and then go into Austin in Texas and get them a win there? We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Malik Neighbors news. So last night we talked about Malik Neighbors, um, the gun incident. I literally, and I, I don't mean this in a wrong way, literally told you through my legal background what was more than likely going to take place today it took place and unfolded the way that we expected it to unfold in reference to how it's playing out Malik neighbors uh, looks as if the district attorney's office is going to be dropping the charges it's like we talked about last night as long as he does not go and try to possess the gun which he will probably not and the, the charges will be dropped we'll touch on that as well and why you need to wait on due process along with someone named brandon miller a lot of people have their thoughts on that i'm actually going to give want you to give you give your thoughts inside the chat of what's going on with brandon miller and i'll give you some of my legal background whatever that may be um of what i think is going on in this case after reading uh, uh, both of those uh, affidavits uh, here today. All right, let's get to a couple comments. Oh, and then we'll we'll go around the SEC uh, as well. Uh, Pierce Lee says, ding dong, the streak is dead. It's true. Crying Belly says, little closet fools only want to talk about basketball when they're doing good. Y'all were calling for Will Wade back last week. We were not calling for Will Wade back last week. If you it, crying as you normally do, 
why don't you clip a piece of me saying that we were calling for Will Wade to come back? Please, God. The words, bring Will Wade back, has never come out of my mouth. Uh, Paul Sub Martin on YouTube. What's up, Andrew? Says, since it's Ash Wednesday, I would guess basketball gave us gave up losing for Lynn. <laughs> Let's hope, man. Let's hope because truth be told, if they gave it up for Lent, uh, that means they're going to win a national title. That means they won't lose anymore. Uh, Margaret on Facebook says, how about those Tigers men's basketball win? Congratulations on their hard work and not giving up. Yeah, and that's a big thing, man. You got to get uh, tip your cap to them, man. They, they've always played hard. It hadn't looked great at times. Quite honestly, it's looked really bad at times. Uh, but nevertheless... Nevertheless, they always played hard. And good to see K.J. Williams bounce back uh, tonight and and do what he did uh, on the hardwood. Uh, Brandon Reese says, it's going to be interesting to see how many dudes from this basketball team choose to stick around for next season. I agree with you on that. Uh, Trey Patton says, at Blake, them Rudy Poos charging $25 for the games this weekend. Are you talking about out there in Texas? Are you talking about out there in Texas? Uh, that's interesting. I did not know that. I did not know that. That's actually not that bad of a. Um, that's actually not that bad of a. Um, a rate, I guess. Uh, our good, our good friend Stephen Fry over from Fry Construction. You can give them a call. Hold on, I'm looking for it, Stephen. Give me a second, right here, uh, at three three seven four five seven thirty or fifty one hundred three three seven four five seven fifty one hundred for all of your construction. Uh, and dirt services needs. Let them know that Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by when you do it. Come on, man. You guys know you need some dirt around your yard. You can use it. You can use some some, some construction. Uh, give them a call. He says, I know that this basketball roster isn't deep, but kudos to the boys for continuing to fight for a win. Speaks volumes of the character of this group. Not only does it speak character or, or, or the character of this group, it also speaks to the buy-in that these guys have on Mac McMahon, right? I mean, look, it's been tough. It's not going to – I just don't think it's going to be any worse than what it is right now. I, talking to somebody in that program, I think Matt McMahon's going to hit the portal pretty um, uh, pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. Jeremy Marshall says Malik has a great NIL deal to help out with situations like this. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't need him. He didn't need him. Doug Ray says, yes, it's $25 to watch the whole weekend on D1 baseball or like $15 for a single day. Oh, my God. I did see that. I, get, I mean, look, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to pay the $25, right? I mean, it is stupid. You know, like, I, I get what they're trying to do, right? Like, I, I I get it. It's how they make their money. Um, I mean, I get it. But I don't, I mean, I don't really ask for a whole lot. You know what's crazy is I'm trying to give away $200. Like, guys, for people complaining with the $25 thing, not really complaining, but mentioning it, complaining was a bad word. I, I'm literally trying to give away $200. If you can get 10 people to subscribe to AYS Sports on YouTube and the Rafino and Joe show, and you tell me and you show me that you got 10 people to sub, I will literally give you 200 smackaroos. 
We've literally given close to like $5,000 since we started back on the show. So I, I don't really want to hear, you know, like get people to sub. I'll get, I'll pay for your weekend. I will literally pay for you to watch LSU baseball this weekend if you get 10 people to sub. Shane says, oh, that's terrible then. What's terrible? Uh, Jeff says, have a day tray with the natural cycle like a four-leaf clover. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Roderick Duga says that Malik Neighbors is innocent. Okay. I hear you, Roderick. I hear you. I hear you. Well, he's not technically innocent, but you are innocent until proven guilty, and that's why we have due process. Jay on YouTube says, finally, The Rock has come back. Oh, wait, that's probably not what you're saying finally for. Nevertheless, finally, The Rock has come back to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Brandon Reese says, I know it won't happen, but I would pl be pleasantly surprised if the whole team comes back next season. We'll see, man. We'll see how they're able to do that and if they're able to do some things uh, as well. Um, yes, yes, I do. We just got a text in from Stewart, and he says, Blake, how about Florida losing a midweek game? They did. They did lose, and they had four runs scored on them in the ninth inning. In the ninth inning. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. Share to all of your social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like I said, I'm trying, like literally trying to give somebody $200. If you know 10 people, send them both links. Tell them to subscribe. Let them know. Okay. If you're listening to us on XM Radio, very quickly, Shout out to our friends over at XM Radio. Everything that we're doing over at Believe. Um, we will have some news within probably the next month or two. As I believe we're taking our talents to television. Uh, if you have Roku, stuff like that. But we'll make a, uh, an announcement. So shout out to our good friends at SiriusXM. Our good friends over at the TuneIn app. And everybody that listens to us on the audio podcast platform. If you have not done so Please do us a favor, like, subscribe, notification bell, all of that great stuff. We appreciate you doing that. All right, let's do this. Let's go to a very quick break. I got some news on LSU football and what they're trying to do. Talked to a source about 45 minutes ago. We'll touch on that. We'll recap some LSU basketball and LSU baseball this weekend. Stay tuned. We got a lot of LSU to talk about. Be back in one minute to touch on it all. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. 
With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down on the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Vardo and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Graffino. Sit you on by. We're back. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Uh, Shane says either the cop made a questionable arrest. I don't believe that that's true. That's that's not true. I mean, Shane, they have the weapon. So, I, I mean, there's city ordinances. Look, again, like I told you last night, so in talking about Malik Neighbors, and if you want to talk about this due process thing, we'll get to Brandon Miller in a minute. Look, I, one day maybe me and you will have a long conversation of my background, but let me just tell you, in my legal experience, guys, I get he's carrying a gun in New Orleans. Uh, having a gun in today's society is a lot of people look at it in a whole lot of different ways. Okay. Like I said, like, look, dude, I have a gun case right here with about seven guns. We hunt around this household. We hunt around this studio. Got one right here. Cock locked and ready to rock. If you try to come in this house and do anything stupid. Okay. Just letting it be known, letting it be known Having a weapon in an open carry is not illegal. If it was concealed, I get it. But he's not going to be able to get the weapon back. And they're going to drop the charges. They, they're they giving him an ultimatum. The Orleans Parish District Attorney does not is not going to... And again, as we talk about this, nine times out of ten, a district attorney is not going to prose, or, or prosecute somebody when around the state that that would normally not be something that you see prosecuted, okay? Like we talked about last night, give him a summons, write him a, an issue of a summons, especially for a misdemeanor case. And I'm not trying to money Monday morning quarterback the police officer, but a lot of rookie police officers and a lot of police officers, when they are in high... Uh, um, uh, high, uh, high, what do I want to say? High tense situations. Sometimes you do not th think clearly. Okay. They should, you can look all of this up. And if you think that I'm wrong, look it up yourself. They could have issued him a misdemeanor summons. They could have confiscated the weapon as evidence and they could have been on their merry way. He would have had a court date and then you would have never gone to jail. More than likely you would have never heard of anything of this. You would just would have seen a misdemeanor summons. We were all going on our merry way, and really nothing would have happened. The the charges are going to be dropped. Now, did Gordon get involved? I have no idea. You can y'all can call Gordon's office and ask, and he's going to tell you probably. You know, attorney client privilege is what I would assume. But at the end of the day, guys, this is not that big of a case. We've seen we've literally across America have seen people. Okay, especially in states that you're not allowed to even have a gun without a permit, get caught with a weapon, and then get released on an ROR, which is a release on recognizance within hours, a lot like Malik Neighbors. That's what happens inside the city limits. 
They don't want you to have guns. I understand why. It's a high-crimed area. I get it. Same time, though, the state is an open-carry uh, an open carry state. Like we mentioned, I think 2021, John Bell Edwards made that statement about how, you know, and I'm butchering probably what he said, but he mentioned multiple times about how he grew up around guns. You need to go get uh, a safety course. And I'm going, I'm not going to veto an open carry law in the state of Louisiana, even though the party that, that supports him was really going down at him and telling him to veto a bill about not having open carry laws inside the state of Louisiana. Again, was it concealed? Maybe, but they're not prosecuting. So as we talked about in the Sharon Lewis cases, we talked about in so many cases that have revolved around LSU. Guys, I am promising you this. Please, if you don't take anything from me, when you see any case come up, unless, and you haven't seen me say a lot about Alvin Kamara, because there was always videotape. When police officers came out and the district attorney came out and says, we have the videotape showing him fighting and beating up somebody. Okay, well, that's a little cut and dry. But you got to let due process play itself out. You got to let it play out, man. And so for everybody that's freaking out about this situation, I, I don't I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. There's much bigger issues that LSU faces at the current moment than Malik neighbors. And the truth be told, truth be told, I don't even know if Malik had... Let me just tell you this. It would be, I would I would bet about 70% that Malik Neighbors didn't even need an attorney to go to the district attorney and say, what are we doing here? I guarantee you they dropped the charges. It's how it works a lot of times around this state, man. It's how it works. So if you want to talk about legalities and you want to come to this podcast and this radio show, and the soon-to-be-this TV show, this is not the, this is not, not the show you need to come in here and argue. <laughs> I'm just telling you. All right, let's move on. LSU basketball, we'll talk LSU basketball first, but I got to get to this Brian Kelly news. We'll spend a lot of time on LSU football and LSU baseball here tonight. But I got to mention, man, LSU short, uh, LSU basketball shooting, 45% from the field, that's so much better than what they've been doing. 43% from three. K.J. Williams absolutely lighting it up and hammering a lot of threes down the stretch for LSU to win this game. LSU had a lot of blocks against them. Vanderbilt would have a total of 11 blocks on them throughout the game. And Robbins, uh, I think, had like nine or ten of them. Actually had nine of them along with 23 points. It was a great game, but you could just not take away the effort that K.J. Williams gave you down the stretch with 35 big ones. And Adam Miller, down the stretch, saw that the three-point bucket wasn't really working for him, driving down the lane and getting the easy buckets. Good on him for doing that. Good on him for doing that. 
So when you sit here and you see that they had that Robbins had nine blocks and KJ Williams was still able to go for 35, that's a massive night for that young man. It's a massive night. Crying, you better cry, you can have a gun. Go reread the law. Open carry was signed by John Bell Edwards in 2021. If he's going to be, if he's not going to conceal it and open carry, yes, there are laws against that. Again, it's a misdemeanor. You, they should have get, issued him. I don't, with all respect to your father, they should have issued him a summons, given him a court date, and confiscated the weapon. But is it? Here's here's another thing. The police officer in the report said that he could see the weapon open in plain sight. That was the report. So define open carry for me for before you make a comment like that. So if it's in plain sight, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Why do you think that they dropped the charges? Oh, he's an LSU player, Blake. Bullshit. Bullshit. Horse manure. All right. Back on this LSU baseball thing. I'm not, I'm not even putting in the comment. Dude comes in here and talks all kinds of craziness through all, all the live long night. Um, Trey Hannibal. Dang, Trey Hannibal. Look at the defensive numbers for Trey Hannibal. Had a steal, five rebounds, and it looks like that his plus-minus number. Dude, Trey Hannibal's plus-minus number was plus 14. That's pretty massive coming off the bench as well. Adam Miller, we're just talking about him. Adam Miller going nine for 10. Um, Adam Miller going nine for 10 from the free throw line is also really massive. Guys, if they're called free throws for a reason. They're called free throws for a reason. Go get them. Him having those nine, nine of those points, nine of his 18 coming from the free throw line was absolutely massive. So, look, LSU basketball's got, you know, got finally a win under their belt. They'll play again this Saturday, and we'll go from there. But hopefully, this team can rally. And look, Vanderbilt's not a bad team. They're a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. They've gone on a a five-game win streak, upsetting Tennessee, upsetting Auburn, upsetting other teams, going to Ole Miss. And that's after, like we mentioned earlier, getting bludgeoned by Brandon Miller in Alabama. They responded really well. They're a middle-of-the-pack SEC team probably and more than likely where LSU should have been the entire time. But we talk about this in sports all the time, literally all the time. Winning and losing is contagious. Winning and losing is always contagious. You know, it's like when Ed, I I mean, Ed, look, what's crazy is now that you look back at like Ed in 2020, they scored a crap load of points, but sometimes they would just find stupid and idiotic ways to lose Winning is contagious. Losing is contagious. We talk about that in baseball. We'll talk about that in just a minute. How hitting is contagious. How does UCF or USF, excuse me, go on the road and score four runs in the ninth? Sometimes it's just contagious to be able to do things like that. So good on them. Let me look and see uh, very quickly, though. Guys, y'all can pull this up. I'm just looking up the basketball schedule. Uh, LSU has Ole Miss on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Looks like that that baby is in Oxford. So Ole Miss is not a good football team. I mean, not a good basketball team. Maybe you can win two in a row. 
maybe LSU basketball did just indeed give up losing for Lent on this Ash Wednesday. God, how crazy would it be if they kind of went on a little bit of a streak here? <laughs> I mean, they're not getting to the tournament. I don't think they'll even get to the NIT, but nevertheless, it's good to see that they're winning, man. And it's tough for a coach. It's tough for a team. It's tough for a fan base when you're trying to do everything right. When you're trying to do everything right and things just continue to go wrong. Uh, Ed O., the Nuss bus driver says, I bet Vandy, well, you lost. Because that game was up like minus two, I think. And Kentucky. What's Kentucky doing? I didn't see. I didn't see. Rob Boudreaux says, man, did you see, Blake, that Mississippi State has to switch pitcher? That's crazy. Yeah, I saw that today. I was actually watching that game because I was like, there's no way ULM is going to go back to back and beat Mississippi State. Like, that would be nuts. But, yeah, he went four innings. I forget the young man's name, but four innings. I think four Ks, one uh, one walk. I mean, the dude was electric. Um, as he's, he's just got good talent in baseball, man. <laughs> it's got great talent in baseball. Tennessee, I think that they came back and uh, were winning when I turned that game off and LSU basketball was coming on. Uh, Florida did lose tonight. But look, sometimes it, look, of all those sports, baseball is probably the most equal equal at times because you can go out there and lose to Rudy Pooh State University. RPU, shout out to RPU and RPSU, I guess I should say. And yeah. Yeah. All right, let me talk on this Brian Kelly thing very quickly as we're getting into the show. We're about halfway through. So if you missed it today, let me just, let me bring this up so you guys can see who it is that I'm talking about so that we're all on the same page. So um, today, LSU made a very interesting offer. And I'm talking about offer inside the transfer portal. Let me, let me bring this up. I'm trying to bring this up. Guys, if you can bring it up, y'all can. Uh, here we go. So today, if you missed it, LSU offered center guard or a guy that played center and guard at Maryland, Mason Lunsford. He said on Twitter today, I'm blessed to receive an offer from LSU and added Will Redman uh, in doing so. Let me just bring up something interesting here. Okay, and bringing up something interesting, this is like the third time that LSU has offered and went after a center guard combo in the portal. Okay, they went after Ja'Kai Clark. I forget the other kid that they offered, and, and LSU wasn't really serious on him. And I know Will Redman has been doing some of this stuff that he's offering guys, and maybe Brad Davis gets involved, maybe not. But I do think it's interesting, okay? I don't think that, you know, him adding Will Redman, I, I just don't think that he's doing that just because, right? Like, I don't think that... I, you know, one time, shame on you kind of deal. Two times, shame on me for not seeing it. But a third time, what is it? So now that you're in a situation where LSU is going to be returning five guys that started on the offensive line a season ago. You got Will Campbell. You have Miles Frazier. You have Charles Turner. You have Garrett Dellinger. And obviously, you have 
another standout freshman in Emory Jones. All of those young men are returning. All of them are returning. Why is it that now that we have three instances where LSU is going after a specific guard-center combo? Brian Kelly is a lot of things. And even before he was at LSU, what like let me take you back a couple years. When he was the head coach at Notre Dame, outside of the negativity of, oh, we can't win the big game, or, oh, he can't win at Notre Dame, Notre Dame's always just a flop in the playoff, or whatever perceived, mis- even really misconceived notion that you had on Notre Dame. The one thing that you always knew about Brian Kelly is that they were going to have really, really talented offensive line play. So now you've gone out there and you've had three times that you've offered a center guard combo. What is he trying to tell you? And I don't think that Will, like I mentioned just a minute ago, I don't think that Will Redmond's doing this by himself. Obviously, I think Brad Davis is going to have to be involved. And obviously... Brian Kelly is telling guys and telling his staff probably a little bit of what he wants. If I'm Charles Turner, if I'm Marlon Martinez, if I'm Fitzgerald West, depending on where Fitzgerald West is going to play next year or next season, I think that this should tell you a little bit, a, a little something. I think he's challenging Charles Turner and Marlon Martinez here. Now, when Marlon Martinez came in the bowl game and against Purdue. He played lights out. And I will be one of the people, I will be one of the people who I was wrong in saying that I was wrong in reference to, I thought Marlon Martinez would be a guy that cracked the lineup. Why he's not cracking the lineup, I don't know specifically, but we saw in 2021 what he did against uh, teams like Florida, Alabama, and others. And then he comes into the bowl game and absolutely dominates the way that he does. I'm starting to question like what's going on with him a little bit, but I do think I do find it highly uh, um, questionable that you're still going after that spot. Now, is that going to be a position group? Is that going to be a position that after spring or during spring, if there is a center that is just good, maybe even above average, is LSU going to be the landing spot that this young man is going to have to, is he going to take a visit? Is this, whoever this person is, is that person going to want to come to LSU? Is Brian Kelly going to offer this young man something? Is he going to offer him playing time? Because again, that's three in a row within a three-week span, four-week span, rather, that you've seen LSU offer at that position. Now, Last week, I think it was last Monday, we talked about on the show at pretty great length how when you go and watch the Alabama game, and I would challenge you to go back and watch the Alabama game. You know where LSU actually won that game? Yes, Jane Daniels' legs. Yes, the defense making big stops and Jared Bernard Converse's interception and then the batted down pass that he had at the end of the game. But if you really go back and watch and you get an all-22 copy, that offensive line really dominated. Name a time that you remember Dallas Turner and Will and Will Anderson absolutely teeing off and going, like, just absolutely bludgeoning you in the running game, 
in the past game. Like, LSU, for what it's worth, against what probably is the best edge rushers and specifically best edge rush duo in the nation, they shut them down. Now, does Brian Kelly believe and think that he's one piece away along this offensive line to really controlling the clock and really running the football? What's interesting, too, and we've, we're seeing more and more teams doing this. Nick Saban, look, if you don't trust in the Brian Kelly process, if you don't trust in LSU really wanting to establish the line of scrimmage, Georgia just won back-to-back national titles. And if you think Nick Saban's an idiot at football, he went to an offensive coordinator and is going to an offensive philosophy that's going to be very run-centric. Now, are they going to throw the football 30, 35, maybe at times 40 times a game? Maybe. But they're really going to get after it and try to establish the line of scrimmage. Guys, this is going on across the country, I might add. Something that's also interesting. Look at Dion out in the Pac-12. What has he been doing? The offensive coordinator he got, the the scheme and system that he's bringing in, RPO run-centric. Just saw Dabo do it with his offensive coordinator as well. So when you go around college football and you look at all of these specific pieces, you see what these elite coaches, and if you think Dabo, Kirby, Kelly, and Saban – are in that elite conversation, then you're wrong. They're all trying to get back and establishing the line of scrimmage that we've seen probably five, eight, ten years ago. I mean, guys, ten years ago, you got Alabama winning back-to-back national titles. Yuck, barf, nasty, disgusting. I get it. But what were those teams, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, who else was in that in that time frame? Ohio State with Urban Meyer. You know, Urban Meyer would then come in, and there was a guy by the name of Zeke Elliott who would run all over them in a couple of years when the playoff was established. Interesting thought. Now, I see this in here, and I know what he's trying to do. Ed O, what's your real name? Ed O, Nussbus Driver, what's your real name? He says, do you think we will see both quarterbacks this season? Be honest. Absolutely. And and it goes back to the point that I try to make all offseason, but people get it in their heads that like, oh, Blake's picking this guy or Blake's picking that guy. I'm not picking anybody. What I think Brian Kelly tried to tell you without telling you and what I think had to happen the season ago Jane Daniels was the right quarterback at that last season to be able for you to win 10 games. We've seen Garrett Nussmeyer improve, and he's not going to stop improving. Can Garrett go in there and make it really challenging for Jane? You're damn right he's going to. I think that this offseason, this season, going into this time, this spring, we're going to see a Garrett Nussmeyer that maybe that we have not seen before. Because, like, it it was so funny for me. Like, when we would come into, like, we would go to a fall scrimmage, right? Like, we would go to the fall scrimmage, and then I would post notes, I would post photos, I would post videos, and then everybody and their mom would say, would start arguing about what was seen. And they would say, Blake, you're raw. Garrett Nussmeyer's leading the pack. And I'd be like, no, he's not. He's not even taking multiple reps with the ones. It was always Jaden's team from the very beginning. 
regardless if they made an announcement or not, Miles Brennan told you that. He gave that to Christian Garrick from WWL. I mean, let's call it what it is. I think you could see a two-quarterback type of system. How they're going to run that, are they going to do that, I don't know. I think Jaden is getting a lot better. You know, talking to the guys at the 3D quarterback, we posted those videos. He's got to throw some balls down the field. And if he does and they're complete and you're able to do things, LSU will be much, much better off. Much, much better off. But I like what I'm seeing from that position. I will tell you, though, I will tell you that I do believe that the SEC is getting back to their roots. I don't and really just and, and really just contenders, contenders around the sport. Let's look at them for just a second. Dabo goes and gets the offensive coordinator for a team that made the national title who played a team that's run centric. Ryan Day almost up and Ohio State almost upsets Georgia. Why? Because guys, they're running, and I could pull this up really quick, but they're they ran the ball at an extremely extremely high clip against Georgia. Let me just look this up very quickly. As George, we remember Georgia won 42-41. But this is Ohio State's line inside the running game. You have C.J. Stroud. Some of, the, some of this is sack yardage. You have 43, 34, 28, 8. You're running the ball against an elite defense. Guys, it's over 100 yards. You're running the ball at a high clip. When you get to a point when you have Dallas, uh, Dallin Hayden running for five yards per carry, Xavier Johnson running for five yards per carry. Yeah, man. We'll see. I, I, I just really and you look around college football and that can and that specific thing happening. I love it. I think teams needed to get back to that now. As we talked on the show before, like, you know, Nick blaming Bill O'Brien for their offensive woes, you dumbass. Look, Saban is not above reproach. Like, I'm so stu- I'm so tired of, of listening to Alabama fans trying to pump up Tommy Reese. Two years ago, when Alabama played Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese in the playoff, they never, not once, would have told you that Tommy Reese was a good OC. Now they're claiming that he's going to be really good. Horse manure. That's crap, dude. You got Bill O'Brien out here scoring 39.9 points per game offensively and then 41.4 points per game offensively. They just want to do it differently. They want to get back to running the football. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. See what they're able to do. See what they're able to do. Uh, Blaine Smith says, Nuss isn't staying, in my opinion. I don't know if I agree with you there. He says, I hope I'm totally wrong. I hope you remind me after the season. Well, I hope I remind you in the beginning of the season that he's still here. It, I, I, why, if, if you're going to stay around this long, why not wait it out, man? You're a year at, at worst. At, guys, at absolute worst, Garrett Nussmeyer is a year away from being a starter at LSU. At the absolute worst. And I still believe that he's going to get a lot of playing time. Do I think Jaden's going to start? Yes, at this current moment I do. Haven't seen spring camp. Haven't seen fall camp. I think Jaden knows that he... Jay, guys, Jaden's not an idiot. He's a good kid. He knows where he's got to get better. He knows where he's got to get better. 
But I think it's funny, like when we post a video and everybody's like talking crap about him, I'm like, do you just not want him to get better? Do you not want Jane Daniels to get better? I, I mean, if Jane Daniels and Garrett Nosmeyer are alike are getting better, the only thing that that's doing is making your team better. It's the only thing that it's doing. I don't know why people are, I don't understand why people are so mad at that. I don't, I just, it's kind of wild, man. It's kind of wild. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk some more LSU football. Fire inside you. Any questions, thoughts, concerns you may have inside the chat. We'll talk some little bit of LSU baseball. We'll probably round it up with maybe some Brandon Miller. My thoughts on that. Um, I do have another thought on LSU football, though. When we get back from the break, then we'll talk some LSU baseball. Let's talk about our good friend Carol Foss over at State Farm. We return in 45 seconds. Stay tuned, man. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Foss and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back. Jeff on Facebook says Jaden is legit a, a legit leader. He was Nuss's biggest fan in that ball game uh, when Nuss led the team. Hashtag facts. Yeah, and, and look, what's even more wild and that people forget about is when LSU took down Alabama. Um, when Jane threw the ball to Mason Smith at the pylon and LSU would convert the two-point conversion and LSU would go on to win, win the West, yada, yada, yada. Nuss was the first person to greet Jane Daniels when he threw that pass. As soon as the pass was completed, like LSU post the film, Garrett Nussmeyer sprinted and was giving Jane Daniels a massive hug. You'd love to see it. Then in the bowl game, when Jane wasn't hurt and Garrett threw the touchdown pass, Jane's literally sprinting out on the field and they're dapping each other up. I do believe that Jeff is on to something that they are better, like they are more connected and more friendly and better off and competing against one another in healthy competition. And they like each other more than the Jane fans and the Garrett fans like each other. There's always too much of a debate when those two dudes are really cool with one another. Right? I mean, come on, man. Come on. You know that that's true. You know that that's true. All right. One final thought on this, um, on LSU football, it, and what I think is going to be extremely interesting to follow as, as, as camp comes very near. There are some dudes that I think that we need to keep our eyes out on, Okay. And not so, and not so much like the big name guys. Like you know, everybody's looking forward to Denver Harris. Everybody's looking forward to seeing Aaron Anderson. I am too, man. And don't don't get my words twisted. 
I'm ready to see what Aaron Anderson looks like. I'm ready to see what Denver Harris looks like. I'm ready to see what Zy Alexander looks like, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many dudes that I'm ready to lay my eyes on and watch football and see them and how they compete. But there are some position groups and specific players that I think we need to keep our eyes at on. Number one, Sabian Jones, St. James native, defensive end, had some really good games last year. Had a sack against, I think, against Ole Miss. Had one against Arkansas. Did some really good things. Guys, LSU really needs to find their who's going to be their best pass rusher. Now you could say, well, Blake Harold Perkins. Yeah, you're right. But there is a lot of times, right, that Harold Perkins will be in the middle and spy that quarterback and run him down for a sack. We how many times did we see that a season ago? My interesting part, and I had an NFL G, assistant GM. Guy was actually my wedding, believe it or not. Um, tell me, I asked him about Harold Perkins. I was like, look, if Harold Perkins were in this draft, where would you take him? And he goes, well, you know what's interesting about that? Even though I'd take him top five and not, bl- uh, not blink an eye, B.J. Ojolari helped a lot of times in getting Harold Perkins those sacks because what B.J. Ojolari would do is flush quarterbacks out of the pocket and he was able to track guys down. We remember him tracking down Jackson Dart. We remember the Malik Hornsby stuff. A lot of that, if you punch, and he told me to go back and watch the film, and I did, and he was right, of how successful B.J. Ojolari was on the edge. Is Savion Jones or and another guy that I want to lay my eyes on and see how they do in this spring? What about Deshaun Womack? You know, I have a lot of high hopes for that young man. A lot of high hopes for that young man. You need a pass rush. Another thing, too, is speaking in there, and I think just the defensive line in general, and and look, I I know that this is going to come off in a wrong way, okay? And and I'm going to have – I hope I don't have to eat my words on this one, but I know that there is a feeling on Deshaun Womack inside that building that they think that that young man has the potential to be a game changer like Harold Perkins was a year ago. If that is even remotely the case, like even if that's two-thirds of the case, and instead of eight sacks as a freshman, eight and a half sacks as a freshman, let's just say he gets five, five and a half sacks. Say he gets 50 tackles, 45 tackles, whatever he's able to do, that's massive for a freshman. Company, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, and others. Got talent, man. Just got to find it and put it in the right positions to do some things. I think that we all agree with that. All right, a couple comments, and we'll move uh, to some LSU baseball. Uh, Rob Boudreaux says, I've been noticing J.D. and Nuss always congratulate each other. Other uh, Walker uh, was the odd one, and he was never around. Very interesting, isn't it? Not even touching my pencil, and the bitch broke. Uh, Jeff says Trey Holly is very intriguing as an incoming freshman. That's another guy. Offensively, I, look, Trey is one of those dudes. Don't get me wrong. I want to lay my eyes on. I, I've seen Shelton Sampson. I've seen Caleb Jackson. I want to see Jalen Brown. I want to see Jalen Brown. Like, if you're talking about, like, elite speed, like, 
you know what? And what's so wild is the dude commits to LSU and gets demoted from a five star, which is so stupid. And then they said he couldn't catch, and then he has like 75, 80 catches in a season. So dumb. Um, I want to see what that young man could do. You know, like, and I would even beg this question right now. I, I, I do wonder, does LSU have more speed at wide receiver this year than they did last? Think about, think about this for just a minute. Does LSU right now have more speed at receiver this year than they did last? Aaron Anderson and Jalen Brown and Chris Hilton and others make that argument very compelling. You got some dudes that can flat out fly. Flat out fly. So, and by the way, talking about Caleb Jackson, I beg of you to watch some Caleb Jackson highlights. That dude might run a 4-4 right now. And he's coming off an ankle injury or knee injury, whatever it was. Dude, this offense has got some speed on it. Brian, what's so wild, Brian Kelly has more speed right now at LSU and in with this incoming freshman class and transfer portal class, than I, and I would make this argument, than he ever had at Notre Dame. Ever. And I don't think that that's really a hot take. I just think it's facts. Jalen Brown, Chris Hilton, Aaron Anderson. Boop, boop, boop. Ba-da-beep, ba-da-boop, ba-da-boop. Without a doubt, as Edo says. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, again, we, we look for the negatives so often. We look for the negative things so many times. Don't. Don't. This team's going to be fine, man. You got to do, you got a guy that's running, running this ship at the helm. You're going to be fine. I think this is a 10 win team. Like, I really believe they wake out of, wake up out of bed, 10 wins. And I told you, and I haven't talked about this at all. The entire offseason, I told you LSU wakes up out of bed, a three, a six win team. The way that LSU recruits, no matter what, they are going to be a six win team. You saw the wheels falling off of the Orgeron. And I will go back to the episode and clip it if I got to. We talked about all offseason, Brian Kelly is worth three wins by himself. By himself, he's worth three wins. Now that he's got a deeper talent pool, he can actually rotate defensive linemen and wide receivers that know more of the system and has more and more probably higher quality DBs, you're going to be – what's scary is, guys, you're going to be better than next last season. Next year, you're going to be better than you were this past season. That's what the scariest part of all of this is. Now, if you saw today – LSU opens up as a, 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 a one-point dog to Florida uh, Florida State. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't, don't sleep on them. Do not sleep on them. You can think it's games and jokes and fun all you want to. I know LSU is going to be better than they were a year ago. So is Florida State. That is a hell of a matchup. It's a hell of a matchup. And you're going back to Orlando and trying to find a way to, to, to upset at this minute, at this exact moment, as you being a one-point dog to Florida State, 
you're trying to go into Orlando and upset the Florida State Seminoles. I think that you do. I think that you do. Edo says, and Blake, don't forget about Mason Taylor. He can fly too. It's a great point. It's a great point. Edo's right there. I mean, like this dude can that dude can fly for a tight end. And look, we haven't talked about Kamari and Pimpton. Guys, I, I can already see Pimpton in the end zone catching passes just based off his size. Oh, and by the way, Mark Mackway. I mean, I, I've literally, I, I literally believe that Mark Mackway wakes up in the morning. Like, I'm serious when I say this. Mark Mackway reminds me of a guy that wakes up in the morning and goes, protein. <laughs> I mean, the kid's a freshman for crying out loud. That's another kid I want to see. I mean, and by God, I just hope that he can be put his hand in the dirt and be the end of the, man. LSU. This is, might be the best tight end room we've ever had. I mean, Thaddeus Moss did some good things, and yes, Foster Moreau is still in the league. But collectively, guys, you got dudes. I'm talking about dude dudes. And I, I could I could literally convince myself of how good this team is. I think your wide receiver room is freaking really good. Now, they all got things that they got to get better at, and we'll touch on that in just a second. The wide receiver room is really good. The tight end room is really good. The running back room, the O-line room. I think the O-line room and quarterback room, everything is looks really good. You got some really good pieces. Here's the only thing. Tight ends got to get better at blocking at the end line of scrimmage. Mason Taylor got so much better as the year went on. You're going to add Mark McWay, who literally benches trucks for a living. He just wakes up in the morning, picks up a bus, and goes, hur, hur. <laughs> speed at wide receiver, speed at quarterback, and you can throw at Garrett. I think Jaden can throw too, man. Like, don't forget that LSU averaged 275 yards in the air last year. Don't believe me. Go look it up. So it's not like they were putrid. Did they have games they didn't look good? Yeah. I'm with you. I get it. I get it. But there are things like the wide receiver room. You can't have that many drops that you did a year ago. Guys, you led the SEC in drops. All, all the live long day, I'm gonna hear, we're gonna hear all off season. Blank, the wide receiver room. And you're right to some extent. Better not better be get better stop and not drop passes. Now, the guy that dropped the most passes isn't here anymore. He's in the NFL draft. All right, let's move. I'll get to a couple comments really quickly. We're going to move to LSU baseball and then get on out of here. Uh, Aaron Adams says, Ed O voice, no question. <laughs> Wade McBride says, I want to see the tight end room. I think they'll do good, as we just talked about. Brandon Reese says, I think Denver Harris and maybe Deuce Chestnut start outside corner. Maybe. Maybe I, I, people are sleeping on Zy Alexander, bud. Y'all are sleeping on Zy Alexander. I'm just telling you, I've seen the click kid play too much. Now, it's a big step forward. It's a big step forward going from the FCS to the FBS. It's a massive step forward, okay? I'm with you there. I agree. But he's gone every time that he's gone against FBS opponents – TCU or whoever Rudy, you know, whoever in the Rudy Pooh it is, the kids come down with the interceptions. He's a willing tackler. I mean, I think it was TCU. They did like a little jet sweep and he's coming from like 15 yards and absolutely laying the lumber on a 
team that ultimately and had players on it that ultimately played in the national championship. So, I, I mean, don't forget about Zai Alexander. I've talked to him again. Guys, having the connection with Southeastern the way that we do. Now, we don't talk about him on the show. We're not at Southeastern Podcast. But don't sleep on Zai Alexander. The thing, Frank Selfo, the head coach at Southeastern, raved about the kid. And that's Frank Selfo. Now, if you remember Blake Bortles, the best year that Blake Bortles ever had, do you know who his, his, his quarterback's coach was? Frank Selfo. He, this guy's been in the league. He's been in college football. And he will tell you that Zion Alexander's one of the best corners he's seen. That speaks volumes. Speaks volumes. All right. Get to some LSU baseball really quickly. Uh, so LSU is going out to Round Rock, Texas at Dell Diamond. They'll face Kansas State on Friday at 2 p.m. And then they'll, t- uh, they'll, they'll tee it up against Iowa at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time on Saturday and then close it out with Sam Houston State uh, at 4 p.m. Look, Kansas State's an interesting team. They're not a barn burner type of team uh, in, in baseball. But Iowa does have, you know, Iowa does have some really interesting pieces. This is going to be the first real test of this of this baseball team. I, I don't want to put any unrealistic projections on them, but I will just say this. Take two or three. Take two or three. You know, if push comes to shove, I'm okay with you taking two or three. And even being out in Texas, let's take three or four. Go, go in there into Austin and beat the dog shit out of them. Please, dear God. Now, do I think LSU is going to go into this weekend and sweep? Yes. I, I believe that they have more of the ability in, in doing that. But again, you see like Mississippi State uh, losing to ULM almost got to a point where they got run ruled. You see Florida losing to USF. Like baseball is just one of those sports, man. It's one of those sports. But Iowa does have some guys on the mound now. Cornbread, country, banjo playing motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, nowhere else. Sorry if you. I hope you don't have kids around you. Um, but you know that it's true. You know that I'm not lying to you. You know that I'm not lying to you. They got some cornbread fed dudes, man. You know, and sometimes schools face um, situations where, like, when you think of Iowa. You don't. You think of probably like the football program. You can't necessarily do that, right? Like you can't. You can't always do that. Brandon Reese says I'm interested to see Matt, what Matt Markway does. I agree. Rob Boudreaux says you took the words out of my mouth. Blake Booty is gone. Yep. Yep. Getting back to LSU baseball really quickly before I forget this thought. I just want to see Paul Skeens go out there and shove it down people's throats. No pause. No pause. Shove it down their throats. All right, a couple more. Brandon says, ask Blake, looking at the depth chart, they have Savion Jones, Makai Wingo, Mason, and uh, Oguafo starting at the D-line. What do you think about that? Oguafo, I, I, I hope I'm not uh, Ochi. I just want to call him that, because uh, I, I, I'm going to mispronounce the name. Somebody help me with the name. 
Um, interesting piece. Been around Brian Kelly. Let's see what they do there. I don't trust. Let me just tell you this, Brandon. And and my mentor. So my mentor in podcast radio has been Bill King, the great and legendary Bill King. And he always tells me, and he's always so right with this. Um, don't ever go off of spring depth charts. <laughs> he's always so right. Swamp Donkey says, what did you think of that Jared Jones homer last night? Kids a stud. Kids a stud. Kids a stud. 467 feet. 467 feet. 109 miles an hour off the bat. That kid's that guy, man, I'm I, hot take. Hot take, you ready? Um hot take. Jared Jones is going to hit three hole next year. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, Edo says Galloway is a quick tight end. Was well, a quick tight end? Yeah, he's just not really on the team this year. Uh, Penn Jones says Alexander is a baller. He is, man. And again, when you talk to like, like guys, I've talked to Frank Selfo. I mean, the guy who literally Blake, been with Blake Bortles was Blake had his best season under Frank Selfo. And for him to come out and literally tell me that Zy Alexander's one of the best corners that he's seen. That's a guy that made the playoffs with Jacksonville. I think he was on that team. I'm pretty sure. But was with Jacksonville the year that they made the playoffs. Remember that crazy game they had against the Steelers? It was like a barber. Blake Bortles looked like he was immortal. Like he, Blake Bortles against the Steelers in that playoff game looked like freaking Thanos. Okay? The dude looked like freaking Thanos. Dude just goes out there, snaps his finger. Thanos. If that guy tells me that he thinks that Zy Alexander is going to play in the league, who am I to tell him he's wrong? Who am I to tell him he's wrong? Eric Weinberger. Our dude. He says, I need to get on the show. Weinberger, don't, don't say you're going to come on the show and never come on. You know what? Weinberger, check your Twitter DMs. Check your Twitter DMs. I sent you the same thing on August the 18th, and you never came on. <laughs> you got five minutes to respond. Um, Let's see. Brandon says, imagine Harris Alexander starting at corner next year. Harris 6'1", Alexander 6'3". And he's a legit 6'3". Like, I'm 6'3", and so next to him. He's a legit 6'3". And then... um. You know, can Deuce Chestnut, can Deuce Chestnut, what can he do? And J.K. JK Johnson, you know, J, they, uh, I'm not going to mention his name. Somebody told me that they think that J.K. Johnson's the fastest dude on the team. And that's Steeples' dude, man. You can't you can't rule out that, that Steeples has got his, got his guy, man. He's got his guy. J.K. Johnson is a guy that's been around him. He coached him in high school. You can't, you can not 
let that just go by the wayside. J.K. Johnson's going to play, dude. Um. So, Rob, I'm not going to I'm not going to bring up your comment because it's really political. <laughs> but I see it. I see it. Uh, Ed says to talk about Spates, the transfer linebacker. So, Ed, we did talk about this. I guess you just weren't able to watch that show. Um, very quickly as we, we, we round this one out because we've been in here an hour and ten minutes. Let me just mention this. Ed, what's interesting is he led the nation in tackles in the run game and tackles for loss in the run game. The dude's really good in the run game. Really good. And, and I'm not talking about group tackles. I'm talking about solo tackles. He led the country in solo run tackles. And against really good offenses and against really good running backs, like Charbonnet at UCLA, um, Charbonnet at UCLA, then you got your boy at uh, USC. I mean, he's made some – Rob, I know you're playing around, buddy. Um, he's made some really, some really good plays. Really good plays. Uh, G. McGeezy says, what about seven banks? I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't. I, I really don't know. I, I really, I, I just hope that Seven Banks plays football again. All right, back tomorrow. My, by the way, my family's back. My family, Ben, and Megan, and Jewel, my new baby girl, Jewel, love that little girl. Um, have been out of town for Mardi Gras, and they're back. So I'm a happy daddy and a happy husband. So gonna go spend some time for them before they go to sleep. Till tomorrow. We'll try to guess it up tomorrow as well. Till then, peace out, Ghost Cuts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.